0: I get so excited by the possibility of great minds turning themselves to how do we address more quickly and effectively and less disruptively the health of children, youth and families so that they don't have to divert to spend their time in hospital dealing with illness, but they can spend their time being a kid, being a teen, developing and progressing to live their whole life. I keep thinking about wearable technologies. I think about what we can do with better understanding genomics and developmental trajectories as we unite those things with the health sciences sector, the life sciences sector, and and honestly, the business and technology sector. I get really, really excited. And I hope that that'll be a big part of the summit discussions.
1: Welcome to NGB Ideas, a podcast about the personal journey of leaders, innovators, and disruptors in the Canadian life sciences community. I'm your host, Jim Wilson, and we appreciate you joining us. Our guest this week is Bruce Squires, who is president of McMaster Children's Hospital in Hamilton, Ontario. Before we get to our conversation with Bruce, I'd I'd like to explain that today's show is a bit of a departure from our regular format. We touch on Bruce's journey, but our focus today is about the hospital he now leads, which is the organization the NGB Ideas podcast was created to support. McMaster Children's Hospital is one of the top critical care pediatric hospitals in Canada, and it provides support to families in need from Niagara Falls to Waterloo and north to Owen Sound in Grey County. Like many impressive organizations, the team at MCH focus on their work rather than telling people about it, so our goal today is to give our listeners a glimpse into the great work being done by the great team at this organization. We'd like to take a moment to thank the Hamilton Health Sciences Foundation and the TMX Group for their support. We would also like to thank our major sponsors that include Admari BioInnovations, Omnia Bio, Bay Area Health Trust, Eurofins CDMOL Fora, Nova Nordisk, and Lab Occupier. This episode was recorded in August, 2023. Bruce, welcome to the NGB Ideas podcast. It's great to have you.
0: Thanks very much, Jim. It's great to be here.
1: I would appreciate explaining to our listeners a bit about how you ended up at MCH before talking about the hospital. And for our listeners, this is going to be a departure from our typical format in that the podcast is about the personal journey of leaders, innovators, and disruptors in the Canadian life sciences community. Today, we're going to talk about the reason why we started the podcast and are organizing the Next Great Big Idea Summit, and that's to raise awareness and financial support for the organization of which you head, which is McMaster Children's Hospital in Hamilton. Let's play 20 questions. Where were you born, sir?
0: I was born in London, Ontario, so just down the road from where I am now in Hamilton,
1: And I read very briefly that you went to Mount A and did an undergrad in economics, correct? Yeah,
0: that's right. Economics and political science. And I actually focused on Canada's healthcare system during that education.
1: What attracted you to that aspect of
0: study? I always have enjoyed thinking about what's important to a larger society. Kind of just really have enjoyed thinking about, okay, how do we make a difference? And so I had gone off to Mount A They had a really, really robust liberal arts program, as well as the swim team. I've always kind of had that interest. And again, the liberal arts program at Mount A was really a great launching point to try to build a broad range of awareness and understanding of how society works and how we serve the greater good.
1: And you were there from 85 to 89, correct? That's right. And then from Mount A, you decided to stay down east and you skipped across the Bay of Fundy to Halifax and attended Dalhousie, where you did an MBA. That's
0: right. And I had took a little bit of time to travel and for a year in between my undergrad and my grad degree, went down to Halifax at Dal and had a really great experience, loved being by the water. And the MBA was a great opportunity to think about, okay, how do I build up skills in organizational leadership? whether it's formal organizations or informal organizations. So I actually loved my time at, at Dow, and that played a big role in me staying out east for the next 10 years as I started my professional career.
1: And you skipped across the strait Is it the Northumberland? What's the strait between Newfoundland and Nova Scotia? Forgive me for not having the geographic knowledge of the east coast as much as I should.
0: So across the oh my gosh why am I having a having a blank it's going to come back to both of us but you know I took the ferry across from North Sydney to Port of Basque and then drove the ten hours across the vast province island that is Newfoundland and Labrador to get to St John's
1: fabulous place and a great city so you were running what organization in St John's for that time.
0: I went across to Newfoundland to look after health policy and economics for the Newfoundland Labrador Medical Association, so the professional association for physicians in that province. And after a couple of years, moved into that CEO role, had a really great time, wonderful learning experience as a young leader. I was in my 20s when I took on that CEO role. It was Really a great experience because again, you know, while I had started out with a public policy and really health policy bent, I started to move into organizational leadership and organizational strategy while at the same time trying to still affect overall health policy in this case for a province. We only stayed in Newfoundland for 10 years. That's always going to really have a special place in my
1: heart. I think in the heart of most Canadians, it's a fabulous place. I understand you moved to Ontario in 2001, and I'm going to maybe toot your horn a bit here. You've held various leadership roles, including CEO of the Ontario Chiropractic Association, Vice President Corporate Affairs of the Canadian Medical Association, and VP People Strategy and Performance at the Children's Hospital of Eastern Ontario. You've got a really varied career, and it sounds like there was not an intent in a destination. There was certainly a desired path. Not planned in advance,
0: for sure, Jim, in the sense of, okay, go here, go here, go here. But each time I took on a new role there, to your point, was sort of an an intent there. And I'll maybe highlight that after 20 years in essentially professional association leadership, so with chiropractic association, but particularly with medical association, so the organizations representing physicians at the provincial level, and then for nearly 10 years at uh, the national level with CMA, preeminent physician organization. I realized that I really wanted to get closer to the action where healthcare is being delivered. I loved playing the policy and leadership role with the CMA, but then an opportunity came along. The CEO at what's called CHEO, Children's Hospital Eastern Ontario, Alex Munter, who is a wonderful leader, approached me about a new role and an opportunity to guide the development of CHEO's next strategy, but also to really focus on the link between people and culture and organizational strategy, and then really focusing on defining performance for the organization and measuring it and then using that to guide improvement. To your point, there was intent in each of those places in my career where I decided to take on a role which probably would not look like the traditional straight line path. Certainly in my role as president at McMaster Children's now, I would be pretty unusual in terms of that kind of leadership role, in in terms of not having come up through the hospital system. I'm not a clinician. I like to say I'm a recovered economist. I'm not the planned path that someone might put forward, but more of taking on new opportunities to broaden perspective and experience.
1: I would like to go back to the thing that you kind of glossed over and I think bears mentioning. When you were at CHEO in Ottawa, it was named top corporate culture based on its leadership development, talent focus, and attention to employee well-being. I read that you and your team reduced the frequency of safety incidents among patients and physicians and staff by over 90% over four years. That's incredible.
0: It was a clear focus that we as a leadership team knew we needed to take. We put it at the very top of the new strategy that we developed soon after I joined Chio, which we called Chio Next, it was the next version of Chio. And then just to really emphasize that point, our top strategic goal and pillar was safety first. And it was defined as driving to eliminating preventable harm at the Children's Hospital. And when we set that goal, we recognized that we needed to stand on the shoulders of others. So we reached out to counterparts from across the country to help us to shape our goals. We connected and were one of the first two Canadian organizations to join the leading international consortium of children's hospitals known as Solutions for Patient Safety, who bring now over 150 children's hospitals from around the world together to learn from each other around safety culture and then around safety improvement and safety actions. And so we learned as much as we could on a consistent basis from others, we defined a very, very clear priority with our teams that we needed to eliminate preventable harm. By the way, that's one thing that really resonates with anyone who works in healthcare. Would you say to them, we're going to adopt some practices here because we want to stop unnecessarily hurting kids? They're going to rally around that. And so we linked quality improvement methodologies that sometimes organizations bring to try and eliminate waste or to try and become more efficient. And that's some spillover benefits from us doing that work. But first and foremost, we were adopting our quality improvement systems to eliminate preventable harm. And so our teams really have got behind it at CHEO and they are doing so as well here at, at MC8. The result I can say of that and so much else is that we have been able to significantly reduce the frequency of unnecessary harm, which might be a longer hospital say, it may be an infection inquired within the hospital, all of which is really terrible for the child and for their families every day in their life matters. So we want to ensure that all of their days are optimized and when they're with us, we help them along and then we help them as quickly as possible to get back to their lives to your end point there we achieved some great progress i will certainly say and our folks across all children's hospitals will say we're not yet there that's an endless journey to improve and ultimately get to where no child is harmed while they're in our
1: care and a wonderful goal hi it's jim here We want to let new listeners of NGB Ideas know this podcast is part of Next Great Big Ideas, Canada's Life Sciences Summit. NGBI is an in-person event taking place at the Hamilton Convention Centre on the first Monday in October, and it is for all members of the Canadian Life Sciences community, regardless of the sector in which you work. If you want to meet today's leaders, innovators, and disruptors in Canada's Life Sciences community, this is the event you want to attend. For details and to purchase tickets, please go to nextgreatbigideas.com. Just over four years ago, you did the drive from Ottawa down to Hamilton and sat down at the desk that you currently occupy as president of McMaster Children's Hospital. What drew you to
0: MacKids? So much couple things that I'll highlight, one being very personal, I had a long-standing relationship with my predecessor here at McMaster Children's Hospital, Dr. Peter Fitzgerald. In some ways, he was a mentor to me on some national boards that we sat on. He was the chair of Children's Healthcare Canada, the National Association of Children's Health Providers, and I was a board member We became colleagues and friends. And so when Peter announced that he was retiring after 10 years as the president and a very long career here as a leading pediatric surgeon, he said to me, hey, have you thought about coming to Hamilton to take this on and be a a next step in your career, but most importantly, give an opportunity to really support the continued growth of this organization? That was a really big piece of it, for sure, was the approach from Peter and the opportunity to kind of understand from him what McMaster Children's already was, and the challenges that we were facing, and then what we could accomplish. The second thing I'll highlight is, I mentioned when I moved into hospitals from working in associations, it was a chance to get closer to the action. The president of McMaster Children's Hospital was the opportunity to play a broader role Then I was playing at CHEO in helping to guide both big picture, the strategy for the organization to advance and to meet needs, but also to support leaders and teams at the level of the delivery of care across our really broad organization. There's this personal opportunity to hopefully contribute in a greater way, in a broader way. I suppose the last thing to say is, again, it allowed me to continue working with children, youth, and family. And in this case, in moving to McMaster Children's, also working with families as they look to and then do have children. So while ChiO is a leading children's hospital, McMaster Children's Hospital is also, in addition to being a leading children's hospital, we're also a leading provider of maternal and newborn care right from prenatal care to delivery. We have nearly 4,000 deliveries that happen here at MCH to then care where necessary in neonatal unit and then right through infancy, through adolescence, into teenage years and right off into adulthood. That was a really great opportunity in
1: coming to MCH thank you for that explanation. I would like to focus on MCH itself in a bit of the history. The hospital was founded by Dr. Peter Dent, who was a pediatrician and professor emeritus at McMaster University. He unfortunately passed away in September 2021 at the age of 85. But within days of his passing, McMaster Children's Hospital, MCH, was recognized by Newsweek magazine as one of the top 100 pediatric hospitals in the world. I went to McMaster many years ago I think McMaster Children's Hospital is and Mumsey, McMaster University Medical Center is one of those edifices on the edge of the campus that students walk by and don't give a second thought to unless they need their services. MCH provides critical pediatric care for families in need from Niagara Falls, north through Brantford, Hamilton, Burlington, Guelph, <laughs> Kitchener, Waterloo, right up to Owen Sound in Gray County. This region is home to well over 2 million people, correct?
0: We think of our direct catchment areas being about 2.5 to 3 million people. 500,000 of those are children and youth, Jim. And in many ways, by most measures, that's the second largest children's hospital in all of Ontario. And we know about sick kids, but it's also growing so quickly that population is becoming bigger by the day. It's growing. It's actually quite young, particularly with newcomers to Canada. I'll just loop back to what you just mentioned with students at McMaster and how they might walk past MCH and really not give second thought. We have been, I think, a little bit of a hidden gem in terms of this region and and this province. And so we put a lot of effort into helping to really make, raise awareness of the importance and the difference and the leadership that we bring to the health of children, youth, and families in this region. And in doing so, that helps us to grow and become even better because as people become aware, they see what our teams are able to do and the difference they make, then they are more inclined to provide support, whether it's government in the form of funding and policy decisions, or whether it's our community in the form of philanthropy, including the work that you're leading with this podcast and with the summit.
1: Thank you for the kind words. Cards on the table for those listeners who may not be aware. I am a member of the board of directors of the Hamilton Health Sciences Foundation. A big part of this podcast is to raise awareness of the great work that you and your team at McMaster Children's Hospital are doing and raise money for the work that you do. I would like to talk a bit about the numbers. How many people are part of your team? We have about nearly 2,100
0: employees, an additional around 250 physicians. And then our volunteer group takes us to probably another 300 to 400, depending on the time. You know, we're approaching 3,000 individuals really devoted and targeting work at McMaster Children's Hospital. That doesn't actually count a number of the other support teams across Hamilton Health Sciences who also play a big role in supporting McMaster Children's Hospital. So really, really huge number of folks in this region. And again, we have employees from all across this region who come to work at MCH. Just a a massive group, really big percentage of the workforce at HHS and honestly in, in Hamilton who are
1: focused on this organization and our benefit to children, youth and families to dive a little deeper into the numbers. Every time I look at the stats about the hospital itself, it blows me away. In 2022, there were approximately 188,000 pediatric patient visits to MCH. That's over 500 patients a day. And there were more than 88,000 pediatric patient visits to Ron Joyce Children's Health Center as well. And I would appreciate you explaining the difference between MCH, McMaster Children's Hospital, and Ron Joyce Children's Health Center.
0: That, again, is something that makes us relatively unique in Ontario in that we're both a full-service children's hospital that kind of focuses on acute care and specialty pediatric care that you would traditionally get in a hospital. Most of that's provided at the McMaster Children's Hospital site on the McMaster University. But we also offer the Ron Joyce Children's Health Centre, which is a state-of-the-art children's treatment centre. And that group focuses on really community-based child development and rehabilitation services, community-based mental health services for children and youth, and community-based autism and behavioral health services, again, for children and youth. That really is a state-of-the-art community-based building that's located in the heart of downtown Hamilton, really accessible to our inner city as well as to our children and youth from across the region. It makes us relatively unique in the sense that we serve such a broad spectrum of the needs of our patients, different from some other children's hospitals like SickKids. And as I said, when you add that on to the fact that we also are a provider of the full range of reproductive health services for women and pregnant individuals, we're quite unique and really, I think, value add to this region.
1: Hi, it's Jim Wilson. We'd like to take a moment to make a couple of small asks. First, if you like what we're doing, we will greatly appreciate you telling your friends about us. Please share a post about us on social with the hashtags NGBideas and NGBI. We are on Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn at NGBideas. We'd also appreciate you joining us at the Next Great Big Ideas Summit in Hamilton on the first Monday in October. For details on the event, please go to nextgreatbigideas.com. Thanks so much for listening. Let's get back to the show. The time I have spent on the board of directors, I have come to realize how much work is done within the organization, but it truly is a world-class organization. And I think my experience likely reflects that of most of the people in Ontario I thought that the government funds everything when it comes to hospitals. And I'd like to go down this path on the numbers front. What is your annual budget? So because we're part of a
0: broader health system, there's some blending, but our annual budget is really in in kind of my direct responsibility is around $200 million. That number hopefully will be growing. We've had some announced investment by the province in our operating funding to help us with our capacity. But I think where you're gonna go, Jim, I'll just preface that $200 million really helps us to pay mostly for the salaries of the physicians, nurses, allied health professionals like occupational therapists, physiotherapists, psychologists, et cetera, who work with us. And a little bit of our ongoing supplies costs But there's huge pieces that aren't funded out of that $200 million
1: budget. Right. And that's where I am going. I don't think people in Ontario understand that hospitals don't get a check from the government every month to cover all of the costs. Do you have a sense of the percentage of money that has to be raised to keep your doors open from the private sector and donations and whatnot?
0: It's difficult to say that in a percentage basis. To replenish our existing equipment and technology across the children's hospital that, you know, is really critical to care. And let me just give examples like infant warmers, like respiratory equipment, like our surgical equipment in ICU, in our PICU, across the hospital, even our beds in our inpatient units. That needs to be funded with money that doesn't come directly from government. On an annual basis that's at least 10 million dollars that we need to spend some of that on big pieces again like incubators like ventilators but it's also on relatively smaller pieces like beds i think that it's fair to say many years we will spend upwards of that amount in combination of some major capital projects, major new equipment, and then some smaller pieces. And it's critical that we do that because if we don't, then our teams aren't able to deliver the care that the children and youth require in the moment.
1: And again, for our listeners, the government doesn't cover all expenses for hospitals. When I joined the foundation, I had no knowledge of how our health system works. Other than having visited the hospital for personal stupidity. It was very eye-opening to me. When I did join the board about five years ago, we had a roundtable discussion to talk about coming up with the next generation of ideas and events to attract the next generation of donors. I put up my hand and I said, I'm in commercial real estate. I'm doing a lot of work in the life sciences sector and we might want to take a look at organizing an event around life sciences because of all of the cool stuff that's going on at McMaster Innovation Park and within Hamilton, but also in the greater Toronto area and Hamilton and across Canada. And they said, great idea, why don't you go do that? So I've taken on this responsibility and really appreciate the assistance that Hamilton Elsizes Foundation has provided and the people that have jumped on board to say, you know what? Yeah, this is a good idea. It's also become abundantly clear that there is no event in Canada currently where all sectors of the life sciences spectrum gather to network and say hi. There's lots of sector events, but no single event where everybody shows up other than bio in Boston. So the only time that members of the Canadian life sciences community get together in one room is in the States. And in my mind, that's got wrong written all over it. The summit that is happening at the Hamilton Convention Center on the first Monday in October has got a number of goals. The first one is, of course, to raise money for McMaster Children's Hospital. second is to help shine a light on the incredible things going on in the Canadian life sciences sector. What we would like to do with the next Great Big Ideas Summit in October is to provide an annual national event where members of the Canadian life sciences community can meet regardless of sector. I hope that it does turn into the event that we're planning and that people are interested in attending. It's an event for anyone who is part of the life sciences community and also the health sciences community. And ultimately, it's to raise money for McMaster Children's Hospital, which is a fabulous cause. But it's also to bring together people in a common goal And what you mentioned earlier about the success you and your team achieved at CHEO in Ottawa, it was based on collaboration. The biggest barrier to the Canadian life sciences community, taking that next step forward is breaking down silos and sharing information more readily. And that is part of the final goal of what next great big ideas is all about. For those who may not be aware of the great work that you and your team are doing at Mac Kids, what are the barriers that you encounter in your job that you would like to see removed?
0: I will call out that Canada's healthcare system, particularly as it relates to children and youth, has really become undersized due to a lack of investment over the last two and three decades. really. The needs of children and youth in Canada, the growth in those needs has outpaced the increase in our size and our capacity to handle those. And so unfortunately, by most measures, including general health and well-being numbers through UNICEF, Canada is now in the bottom 10% of the developed world. We're 31st out of 38 countries on overall measures of health and well-being for children and youth. The barrier that we've got to get at is prioritizing the health of our kids and families. A big piece of that is investing in our health system. Have to highlight that as a big picture, and that's why, for two reasons, you're, uh, again, I'm such a big supporter of the Next Great Big Ideas Summit, because it will help us, as we prioritize, to then make the kind of advances. We're actually not prioritizing the health of kids and families, and we need to. The second answer I'll give you that's more direct is, As part of that undersizing, we have barriers that don't allow us as a whole to appropriately connect to kids and families in their homes, in their community, in their schools, in their social lives with the kinds of supports and interventions to help them to be healthiest we often will not be able to recognize a developmental need that a child has when they're two and three and four, that if we're able to intervene at that time, we can make such a difference in their life in the moment, but then in their future trajectory. And so, you know, when I think of one of those big challenges and I'll connect it to the next great big idea, as we get better in being able to really connect on a individual child and youth, and family basis with preventative care and information and actually with things like real-time monitoring that allow you to recognize earlier when there is a need in their development or a need in their health then we'll be able to help them and by the way you know as a spillover it'll cost society less because we'll prevent unnecessary emergency department visits and admissions to hospital and and really most importantly illness, and loss of well-being. When I think of what's our biggest challenge, it's how do we connect to kids and families on a more active, frequent, continuous basis and helping them to address their lives, to address their health, and to really live the best trajectory for
1: them. I appreciate you mentioning that. And we end every one of our podcast interviews with the same question, which is, What's the next great big idea on your horizon? And I think you just gave it to us. I hope
0: so. I'm not a particularly an innovator myself, but I get so excited by the possibility of great minds turning themselves to how do we address more quickly and effectively and less disruptively the health of children, youth, and families so that they don't have to divert to spend their time in hospital dealing with illness, but they can spend their time being a kid, being a teen, developing and progressing to live their whole life. I keep thinking about wearable technologies. I think about what we can do with better understanding genomics and developmental trajectories as we unite those things. With the health sciences sector, the life sciences sector, and and honestly, the business and technology sector, I get really, really excited. And I hope that that'll be a big
1: part of the summit discussions. I think it will be. And I look forward to hopefully having you and many members of your team join us. I really appreciate you making the time for this discussion today. It's a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you on behalf of our listeners for all that you and your team are doing. I have personal family experience with the great stuff that's going on at MacKids. I could not speak more highly of what goes on within those walls. I was so thankful that we have McMaster Children's Hospital available for families in need. Again, thanks so much.
0: Well, thank you, Jim. Thanks, firstly, and thank you on behalf of our entire team, all our staff members, and the patients and families that we serve. Really, really appreciate the opportunity to talk about it and appreciate all of the support that you're providing, and likewise to your listeners.
1: That was Bruce Squires, President of McMaster Children's Hospital in Hamilton, Ontario. You can find out more about Bruce and the great team at MCH by going to hamiltonhealthsciences.ca slash McMaster-children's-hospital. You can follow Bruce on social at Bruce P. Squires, and you can follow the team at MCH at MCH-children's and at HamHealth. We are also on social at NGB Ideas, and you can follow me on social at Lab Occupier. Thanks to Tisha Prasad for researching and editing this week's show. If you would like to contact me, my email is jwilson at Leonard, That's l e w n a r d. dot com. Thanks so much for joining us.